0: Tina, how you doing? <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Welcome. We're glad that you're here this morning. It's a beautiful, beautiful day, isn't it? A wonderful spring day, and we're glad that you're here to worship the Lord with us today. We welcome you, and we welcome our guests especially. You are very important to us, and we hope that God will bless you in a very special way and that you'll feel a very much part of our family as we worship God this morning. Um, just a few announcements I'd like to call to your attention. First of all, I'd like to remind everyone of our attendance sheets. That's the attendance uh, on, on a clipboard on the end of each row. We'd like to ask, if you would, to take that and to fill it out so we could have a record of your attendance and pass it down the aisle so others can fill it out as well. And if you would do that, we would certainly appreciate that this morning. Also, uh, some things that we have coming up uh, this week. Our Joy Lunch will be meeting on um, Tuesday uh, at at 12 o'clock here at the church, and we invite uh, all of our senior citizens to come and be a part of that, or anybody else who would like to come. Just bring a covered dish and bring a friend, and uh, we'll have a wonderful time together, as we always do. Uh, Also, we are looking for some volunteers to help with our mowing, our lawn care. and uh, we've got some people that are, we're trying to set up a rotating system. What we would like to do is have about four teams of three or four people on each team. And so if you would be interested in that, I think John is going to have a sign-up sheet on the uh, bulletin board down on the end, end of the wall there. And uh, uh, if you're interested in that, we would appreciate you taking part in that and signing up on the, on the um, sign-up sheet. Also, one other thing. Um, as we've done for the past several years, during the summertime, uh, we go to a baseball game, a Cardinals game, and this year we are, have scheduled for uh, July the 7th, 17th, which is uh, Christian Day at the Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals will be playing the Dodgers, and if you would like to uh, uh, purchase a ticket for that, you can uh, either talk to Chris Hopgood or call the, uh, the church office, and uh, we'll be glad to sign you up for that. Um, one other thing, Paul Ross is here today, and we are glad that he is here. He will be uh, bringing our special music. He's a, I understand, he's a friend of Vince's and, uh, and a very talented, talented musician, and we're glad that you're here, Paul, and uh, look forward to your ministry in music to us today. We love to share the love of God with one another, and so let me invite you to stand up and uh, share God's love of one another this morning. Let's greet each other in the name of the Lord.
1: Oh. <laughs> yeah, I okay. I miss all of our, our hiding. I, saw, okay. I miss yeah, I all, all of you our hiding. Thank you. <coughs> How
2: are you doing, Christian?
0: How's everybody? Good morning, Good morning, morning. morning, morning.
2: morning preach,
0: Are you? I am Sunday
2: my day, my birthday. Good,
0: Good. Good uh,
1: Jim
0: you so mean you're you know supply Thank you so much. It is good to share the the love of God with one another. Thank you so much. I, ne- I neglected to uh, to mention just a moment ago that uh, you may notice that Jika is not sitting at the uh, piano today. She has gone to Florida, to uh, Alabama to be with the uh, the grandkids there. Uh, but we are blessed to have Tina Belcher with us today. Uh, she fills in uh, often with when uh, Jika is not here, and we are so happy that you're here. Thank you, Tina, for being here as well. Have a little change in the program this morning. We're going to be doing our praise and worship song through our I worship video. I'm going to ask that the men, when the part comes where there's parentheses, men, that's your part. Ladies, you'll do the other part. And after that, we're going to do a hymn uh, called Something Beautiful, a Bill Gaither tune. We're going to do that uh, four times.
1: Let's let's, stand let's the word. Jesus, <laughs>
0: down, children.
3: easy to come to a brand new school it's hard isn't it okay and this little boy i introduced him to a girl in the same class as him and this little girl now this isn't obviously kelsey doesn't my school but this little girl was sixth grade and this new little boy was sixth grade okay and this little girl at my school she's beautiful she has beautiful brown eyes like you maggie she has hair like you she's beautiful so i took this new little boy up and i said I said, this is Max. Did you hear that? This is Max. That's what she said. Get out of my face. Seriously. I, I'm not kidding. This is a true story. You can sit down. Thank you so much for your help. Now, remember, I told you that little girl, She's beautiful. On the outside, she was like a book. Beautiful cover. Is she pretty on the inside? No, she wasn't pretty on the inside. Mm -hmm. Let's see here. I have a book to read to you today. Mm, Maggie. Oh, these are big books. These are John's books. Which book would you like to read? You want to read the little pretty? Doesn't it have a pretty cover? Look, flowers. You want to read this one? It's not a book. It's fancy. This book doesn't have a very uh, good inside, does it? You know what? That's what God tells us to do. Sometimes, you ever heard your parents say, you can't judge a book by it What about this one? Let me show you what's in this book. Now, you said you didn't want to look at this book, right? Huh. But what if I put this cover on it? And you guys know that Jacob Kelsey's dad's a photographer. So we have a lot of these books at our house. You think you might want to read this book now? It's full of pictures. Look. And of course, at our house, we live, look at pictures. There's pictures on the It says, you know, people are like these two books. Our outside appearance doesn't always show up on the inside. Sometimes people who are beautiful on the outside and are not so nice on the inside, and sometimes people who don't look very interesting or nice on the outside, they might be some of the nicest people you'll ever meet. You can't judge a book by its cover. It means...
0: Let us stand and sing hymn number 359,
1: This is the Day.
4: for this week is Psalm 118 22 through 24 the stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone this is the Lord's doing it is marvelous in our eyes this is the day that the Lord has made let us rejoice and be glad in it let us pray precious father how grateful we are to be in your house and in your presence Lord we ask that each of your children here that have been brought into your house would be encouraged and reminded God that they are fighting this battle right alongside you, Lord, that they are precious and beautiful in their eyes, Lord. No matter where they've run or how far they've run from you, God, you'll always take them back, Lord. We have reason enough to rejoice that you call us your daughters and sons, Lord, that you give us a reason to keep singing, Lord, and you've graced us with meaning. Lord Jesus, we just give you this day for we will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen.
5: Good morning. I'm going to change these songs around. I'm going to sing the last one first and first one last. <laughs> okay. I believe Jesus died for me. Go ahead. I believe God made the world. AND HE EVEN HUNG THE STARS I BELIEVE WE'RE LIVING IN THE DAYS LIKE WHEN NOAH BUILT THE ark. I BELIEVE THE STORY OF MOSES AND HOW GOD HE PARTED THE RED SEA OH, BUT MOST OF ALL I BELIEVE JESUS he died for me Joshua led God's children to the promised land I believe that David killed Goliath with a sling in his hand I believe when Daniel was in the lion's den. Those lions were gentle as could be. Oh, but most of all, I believe Jesus. Oh, He died for me. If I had been the only one, still the Father. Would have sent his only son I know he came to set the whole world free Oh, but most of all, I believe Jesus for oh, he died for me I believe a man will reap just what he sows. I believe the heavenly path is a narrow road. I believe he took the sins of mankind and nailed them to a rugged tree. But most of all, I believe Jesus, who He died for me If I had been the only one Still the Father would have sent His only Son I know He came to set the whole world free Oh, but most of all, I believe Jesus Oh, He died for me Oh, yes, most of all, I believe Jesus Oh, He died for me He died for me. He died for me.
0: Thank you Paul, Let's stand and sing hymn number 495, Serve the Lord with Gladness.
2: I'd like to read a little something here before I have my prayer and I think it's probably about appropriate time as ever to pass this little message on to you but how often do you hear folks say the church is always asking for money that statement is not true it is the world that is always asking for money not the church when did you last go to the supermarket and the checkout clerk failed to ask you for money to pay for your groceries your mortgage company asks for money with unwilling, unfailing regularity as does the county treasurer when your property taxes are due. If yours is like most families, you almost hate to bring in the mail because each month brings a new collection of bills. Are any of those bills from the church who withholds a percentage of every dollar we earn? The tax man, Uncle Sam, our father does not and neither does the church. There is no free lunch except in the church. We attend Sunday school and worship each week, and there is no admission charge. If we become ill, the pastor will visit us in the hospital or in our home. Where else can we receive free counseling if and when we might need it? Where will our children be married? What do we do when a loved one passes away? What will it cost? The funeral director will most certainly charge us for his services, the church will not. The church building will always be there when we need it, clean and with a kitchen and a nursery provided. We make full use of it and never have to pay one cent. No one will ever know if we contribute anything or not. We have to pay taxes in order to provide our children with free public education but our church provides a Sunday school with no cost or obligation to us. The church requires no membership fee Our annual dues consider this paradox. Compared to the federal and state government and all the bill collectors, the church almost never asks for money. And yet, of all the items and services our money could be used for, very few are more important than what the church provides. The church is there to share the love of Jesus Christ himself The church will continue to provide ministry in Jesus' name to everyone, whether they decide to contribute financially or not. That is something we should all be a part of. Shall we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, we come this morning to you with the gifts that we can provide, that we may use it in the service of the church and of the world. And may we remember that Jesus Christ died for our sins. Amen.
5: heard once a bird has a broken wing it will never fly high anymore let me tell you what I know that's not always so for once I laid helpless oh helpless fell from above like a wounded dove with no hope of ever climbing again. But with grace from above and God's marvelous love I'm flying higher than I've ever I'm higher Higher. than I've ever been, Higher higher than yesterday's sin, where eagles can't soar. I can see heaven's door I'm flying higher Than I've ever been Yes, I fell by the way Life's wounded prey Then, oh, Satan, like a vulture he swept low In my darkest hour Oh, He came to devour What was left of my dying soul But as low as light gets God was not finished yet He saw more good than I ever saw in me. Now I live above the doubt, oh, so high in the clouds That I can't see the tops of the trees i'm higher than i've ever been higher than yesterday's sin where eagles can't soar i can see heaven's door i'm flying higher I've ever been Where eagles can't soar I can see heaven's door I'm flying higher than I've ever been
0: Thank you so much, Paul. What a wonderful gift you have, and we are grateful that you uh, have shared that with us today. I want to begin this morning by offering a suggestion that uh, I believe every one of us could probably benefit from, and here it is. Tomorrow morning, when you wake up, I want you to stand tall in front of your bathroom mirror Give yourself a big smile and declare with great gusto this wonderful verse of scripture from Psalm 118, this is the day that the Lord has made, I will rejoice and be glad in it. Biofeedback experts tell us that that single act can do wonders for our mental state. You know, the relation between our body and our mind is an interesting relationship. Experts tell us that we don't smile necessarily because we feel great, rather we feel great because we smile. There's something to think about there, isn't it? William James, often referred to as the father of American psychology, once put it like this. He said, I don't sing because I'm happy. I'm happy because I sing. Some of our musicians can probably agree with that. (laughs) Comedian Steve Martin understands this. He once said that he gets his laughter juices, his laughter juice going each morning by by looking at himself in the mirror when he first gets out of bed. This act alone he says is good enough for about three or four minutes of hilarity. (laughs) You see How we start our day can make a big difference in how it goes. So stand tall and give yourself a big smile and declare for all the world to hear this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Football coach Bill Walsh was recognized as having one of the best minds in professional football and He was the originator of the famous West Coast offense. He says something quite interesting in his book titled Building a Champion. He says that when a wildebeest or a zebra is trapped by a lion, the trapped animal will often submit to the inevitable. Its head drops, its eyes glaze over, and it just stands there waiting and accepting its fate. Walsh tells us that people in the face of adversity will sometimes do the same thing and adopt that same kind of behavior. He calls it the posture of defeat. Chin down, head dropped, shoulders slumped, arms hung limply. He says this posture is is often visible as as players leave the field or or the court in the later stages of a game when things are going against them. And he often brought this to the attention of his players and and, and they became very sensitive to it. Waltz told his team to never allow this to happen to, to them. He said even in the most impossible situations, stand tall. Keep your heads up, shoulders back. Keep moving and running and looking up, demonstrating your pride and your dignity and your defiance. Why? Because posture produces performance. And you can literally affect your attitude by the way you stand. Fred Chisholm. A dynamic salesman wrote a book a few years ago in which he said that if you keep your eyes above shoulder level, you will never get depressed. He says you may trip over a few things, but you'll never get depressed. And so this is my suggestion. Every morning when you get up in the morning, look in the mirror, give yourself a big smile, throw your shoulders back, and cite that ancient promise of of Scripture this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Can we try it together one time? Come on, let's say it. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. That one verse of scripture has gladdened the hearts of millions of people down through the generations. It is found in Psalm 118, which is one of the Hallel songs, psalms associated with the great festivals of Israel. And we are told that at Passover, Psalm 113 and 114 were sung before the Seder meal and that Psalm 115 through 118 were sung after the Seder meal. And so it has been suggested that Psalm 118 was the last hymn sung by Jesus and his disciples at the Last Supper. And why is that important? Well, consider the two verses which come immediately before the one that tells us that this is the day that the Lord has made. And then think about Christ and his disciples singing this psalm at the last meal together just before the crucifixion. The two verses before this affirmation, go like this. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Then and only then do we read, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Now, Who or what is the chief cornerstone that was rejected? Well, it was Christ himself. And why can we rejoice and be glad in each day that we we encounter? It is because the stone which was rejected, Christ, has become the cornerstone of our lives. And therefore, we can say with thankful hearts, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. These verses came from an ancient Jewish legend that, that says that, that when they were building the temple in Jerusalem, one of the large stones that were selected for the building was the wrong shape and the wrong size. And, 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 um, and so they, they threw it away, they threw it over in the ditch. And then later, when the time came to lay the cornerstone, which was an essential part of the building process, the cornerstone was chosen with great care because its position at a a critical corner of the building meant that it was foundational to the integrity of the walls themselves. And, And if it was faulty in any way, the building itself would be unsound. But to the surprise of the builders, they discovered that the very stone which they had initially thrown away was a perfect fit. So you see, it's no wonder that the New Testament church counted this as a prophecy of the Messiah. Because that which had been rejected has now become the glue that holds the whole thing together. And that is precisely what Christ does for us. This is who Christ is. He is the cornerstone. Five times in the New Testament, this verse from Psalm 118 is cited as a witness to God's work in Jesus Christ. Jesus is referred to five times in the New Testament as the cornerstone. But what does that mean for our lives? And why should it bring us so much joy? Well, first of all, we see here an essential work of God. For you see, God takes that which is ugly and rejected and makes it into something that is treasured and beautiful. We sang a song a few moments ago that Bill and Gloria Gaither wrote a little gospel chorus that has comforted the hearts of many people throughout the years and I hope you are paying paying attention to those beautiful words, it's a simple little song with, with simple words but with such deep meaning something beautiful something good all my confusion he understood All I had to offer him was brokenness and strife. But he made something beautiful out of my life. You know, that's what God does for all of us, isn't it? God takes that which is is dirty and ugly in our lives and turns it into something beautiful. And only God can do something like that. Dr. Paul Brand was an American physician who worked with lepers in India. Brand worked in a, an isolated colony for people in, with this terrible disease, people who were shut off and quarantined from all of the rest of the world. And, and one day the, the patients in the colony were holding a, a worship service. Dr. Brand came in late and he sat at the back, but they insisted that he come and speak to them. And so, He stood there for just a moment, looking at all of the patients before him, and he began to look at their their hands. Many of them had claw hands from their leprosy. Some of them had no fingers at all, just twisted, deformed stumps where their hands used to be. Many of them sat on their hands or put them in their pockets or in some other manner hid them from view. And so Dr. Brand simply said, I am a hand surgeon. And so when I first meet people, I can't help but to look at their hands. I can tell what trade you were in by the position of your calluses and the condition of your nails. I can tell something about your character from your hands. I love hands, he continued. And I've often wondered what it would have been like to meet Christ and to study his hands. There were the hands of Christ the carpenter, rough and bruised from working with the saw and the hammer. There were the hands of Christ the healer, radiating sensitivity and compassion. Then there were the hands of the crucified Christ. And he says, it hurts me to think about the soldiers driving nails through his hands because I know what would happen to his nerves and his tendons. His healing hands would become crippled and gnarled, twisted shut on the cross. And then finally, the doctor continued, there were his resurrected hands. You and I think of paradise as a place of perfection, he says. But when Jesus raised up from the dead, he still had his earthly wounds and he showed them to his disciples. Then when Brand finished his talk, we are told that the effect on his audience of lepers was electric. Christ had crippled, clawed hands like mine, they thought. Christ showed his hands to his disciples when he he was raised from the dead. Suddenly this whole room full of lepers began pulling their hands out of their pockets and, and holding them up in the air because they knew that Christ was one of them. They recognized him in their midst, and he lifted them out of their shame. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. What the psalmist was saying here was that this is who God is. And this is what God does. God takes that which is ugly and that which is rejected in the eyes of the world and turns it into something that is beautiful and treasured. God transforms not only people But God can also transform events. You know, life is sometimes difficult, isn't it? Sometimes things happen to that just seem unbearable. Some of you have probably been there. Some of you have been there, I know. The loss of a child, a traumatic diagnosis of a doctor, the loss of a job, maybe the loss of a home or and, and, and the point is that we're never promised that life will always be easy. We're never promised that. But this is what we are promised, my friends. We are promised that God can take that which is broken and make it whole again. And that's a promise that we can take to the bank. A few years ago, Pastor Ann Robertson was away from home. She was teaching in a a lay speaking class, and during the morning, she got pulled out of the class because there was a woman who had walked in off the street who needed to talk with a pastor. And so leaving the class, Robertson spent about 45 minutes with this young woman whose life had, had hit bottom. The woman's sister told her that she ought to go and go to a church and talk to a pastor somewhere, and she said she had already tried three churches before she found a door that was open, and Robertson said that there was nothing in this woman's situation that she could fix. She says her life was a mess, largely because of the choices that she had made. All of her 31 years had been dancing around the altar of Baal, and her immediate cause of grief was a broken relationship, which was a result of her own infidelity. But Robertson listened to her story, and then she prayed with her. The woman went home, and Robertson returned to her class. About two weeks later, Robertson got a telephone call from this woman, and she told Robertson that she had not been home 20 minutes that afternoon when things began to change. She said the boyfriend who that morning would not speak to her called her, and they're now back together again. She says they, they, she had managed to stay away from the alcohol that had led to her downfall. And she says, I've always believed in God, she told me, but, but this was the first time in my life that God actually did something. She thought maybe she was going crazy because she felt so good and, and she hadn't been able to stop crying, but this time they were tears of joy. God was giving her direction." And she says, I want to do things for people now. I want to find a place where I can do some service. I'm, it's just what I want to do, to give back. What's happening to me, she asked. Well, what was happening to her was that God was fulfilling God's purpose and God's promise. And God's like that. God can take that which is broken And make it whole again. And we have seen God do that. Time after time after time again. God can take the garbage of our lives and create something that is beautiful and positive and lasting and good. But how does a miracle like that happen? Well, here it is. Our lives are transformed by our faith in Jesus Christ. My friends, when we turn our lives over to Jesus, we're able to find what has been missing in our lives. For you see, that stone that once had been rejected now becomes the cornerstone of our very lives. There was a shocking scene that occurred on the television show *Hill Street Blues* many years ago. Some of you may remember that that uh, program. It hadn't been on for a long time, but it was a it was a TV show that was known for its shocking and sometimes uh, offensive scenes, especially in those days. But but this was a scene that was truly unforgettable. In this episode, the precinct sergeant hears that. A vicious criminal has been released from prison. This criminal has been serving a long sentence for attempting to murder this sergeant and nobody knows where the criminal is now but he's put out the word that he's looking for the sergeant and so all throughout the program the sergeant is looking over his shoulder and trying to wonder what, what's gonna happen to him, trying to wonder where this guy's gonna show up and what he's gonna do. And then in the final scene of the show, they confront each other in a dark alley. Of course, it's always in a dark alley, isn't it? But They confront each other in this dark alley and, and the ex-con approaches hesitantly and, and haltingly he, he says these shocking words. He said, when you met me, I was a violent man, but now I'm different because I repented of my sins, and Jesus Christ has made me clean, and I'm sorry for what happened. This is all I own, he says, and I want you to have it. And then he hands the sergeant a tattered old Bible and disappears into the darkness. Astounded, the sergeant just kind of stares down at the Bible, not knowing what to do and not knowing what to say. And the screen fades to black. Well, folks, this is what can happen when we make the stone that was rejected the cornerstone of our lives. Even the life of a hardened criminal can find forgiveness and peace and goodness. For you see, Christ has given his life so that you and I can have life. The stone that the builders rejected became the chief cornerstone. And this is the Lord's doing. And it's marvelous in our eyes. You know, that's pretty good news for us, isn't it? No, that's great news for us. As a matter of fact, in light of the fact that God has made made such a huge difference in our lives and in, fight, in, in, in light of the fact that, that God can take our sinful lives and turn us around and make something beautiful out of us, in light of that fact, I want us to make a, a new start together today. I want us all, stand up. Stand up if you're able. Put a big smile on your face now. I want to see him and let us declare together can you say it with me this is the day that the Lord has made I will rejoice and be glad in it amen and now we're going to sing a song number 447 trust and obey and there may be someone here today that needs to make that commitment to Jesus Christ there may be someone who, for, for whom your life feels dirty and, and, uh, and you just haven't found the right road to get on. But you know what? Christ is always there to be the cornerstone of your life. And all we have to do is put our faith in Him and trust and obey and He will fulfill His promise to come into your life and to make something beautiful out of it. If you never made that commitment to Christ, I hope you'll do that today. Perhaps you're looking for a church home to be a part of, we invite you to come and unite with our church. Or maybe you just need a time of prayer. We invite you to come. Let us sing, trust, and obey, and let us live that in our lives. This is the day the Lord has made, and we are glad for this opportunity to worship a risen Savior. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone of our lives, and this, is what the, this was the Lord's doing, not ours. It is marvelous in our sight as we see your Spirit take hold of our lives. And by your grace, your Spirit makes us into something beautiful and lovely for you. And so we pray that you would send us forth as your people redeemed by your resurrection and give us your strength. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
1: Amen.